Hello and welcome back to the book of Jude. It's been such a long time. Wow, it has been a long time. It is, you're listening to this, it is after Easter. I don't even know the last time I did a podcast, but let me tell you something. Um, a lot of things come before this podcast, and that's why it's been a while. Uh, I did leave you with about an hour of content last time, so hopefully uh, I would imagine that takes a few times to listen through the last two podcasts um, uh, entire in its entirety, but I wanted to get your opinion as well. I talked to some folks, and they said, you know, an hour podcast is way too long. I can't get through it in one sitting, and uh, you're trying to do one every week or every two weeks or um, you know, could you just make it 30 minutes at least and do it twice a month? Uh, I don't want to get behind. I don't, I feel like I get, be- get behind if I haven't caught up yet. Well, listen, number one, man, every podcast I listen to is at least an hour, at least 45 minutes, if not more, but, and I don't listen to it all in one, uh, sitting. Okay. Now, that, you know, just because someone else does it doesn't mean I have to do it. I, I'm doing this for you. So I do want to get your opinion. So if you are following us on the Book of Jude and on uh, Instagram and Twitter and what's the other one? Facebook. Um, then let me know by sending me a message. Yeah, 30 minutes works. Uh, and, and and by the way, I try to, you know, if it's an hour long, it's not all about the one subject. So don't feel like you're ever going to get behind because um, just a portion of that hour was spent on, what, Genesis. Okay. Uh, but, you know, I I, I want to be here for you. I don't want to lose anyone. Uh, uh, this is this is my ministry. Uh, but when I say other things come before it, yes, this is my ministry. But this is not God. This is not my family. This is not my job. I'm a hospital chaplain. In fact, the reason, uh, the reason why I haven't sat down to do a podcast in so long is because I'm I'm achieving my uh, trying to accomplish my um, board certification as a as a chaplain. And so that has taken a lot of time. That's a lot of uh, essays and, and case studies and you name it, we have to do it. Uh, the other thing, of course, is my family. And then um, God is is number one. So those things come before this. I'm sorry, I don't get paid to do this. So uh, but I do enjoy doing it. And I and I love the support it, it helps me. It helps me because, uh, let's face it, when I'm recording it, as I'm doing now, I'm staring at a wall with foam on it. So think about that. So I, <laughs> I, I'm glad and I'm so happy that this has reached around the world. It, it is amazing to me every time I see that. Now, moving on, we do have news. As you know, uh, the platform I use is, I think I'm saying that right, is uh, Anchor. The Anchor, I make podcasts through Anchor. Anchor is now Spotify, and some of you may listen, You probably, and I know you do, some of you listen through Spotify. It's Listen, the podcast is available, you can Google Book of Jude Podcast and you'll find it. It's available on all the major platforms, okay? I use Anchor to do it. But Spotify and Anchor are now together, and they also have partnered with uh, WordPress. What WordPress is primarily for is bloggers, which I am not. I am not. However, 
Um, I am now on, I've created a, because they partnered, I'm able to create a, a page, WordPress, a page, and you can find the link in the bio on the Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, we're talking at Book of Tim Jude, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, find that link in the bio, go to the link, now here's all in one, everything's there, you can Choose the platform which you listen to the the podcast. You can just click it. It's going to take you directly there. It's amazing. Um, I have posted um, a blog or an article. I can't remember. It's been so long ago. I'm going to start trying to post things on there to read. Okay. Uh, you can sign up. You can get your email in. You, every time I put something new out, you're going to get the email or notif. I think it's an email. Um, and all of the face, all the social media links are at the bottom. It is pretty, pretty cool. So all in one stop shop, you go there. Uh, you can also, here's, here's the, here's the major part is you can send me prayer requests. You can send me, uh, ideas, topics you want me to cover. It's all there. It's all there. So, um, it's a long address, but the link is in the bio of the social media accounts. And I'm sure you already you're already aware of so it's it's wordpress but um everything is there and soon as i upload this um podcast it's you can literally listen to it on that page like you don't even have to go to apple spotify uh google pocket anything you can just listen to it there because it's going to be the the newest one so very very cool i'm so glad that they're doing this they're, they're doing better things each and every time and so um Here's here's what I'm asking. Go there, you know, sign up for the, I don't know if they're notifications, but you'll just simply get an email every time I put something out for times like these. It's been a while since I did one, so it'd be nice to, hey, I, you know, oh, look, he did something. So, <laughs> uh, so go there, share it with your friends and family, and um, maybe we can get this little community of listeners together and help each other because this is what it's all about. We're, we're a community. We're, we're not replacing your church by any means. Uh, I believe in the body, the local body church, and, um, I am not your pastor, uh, but we are just, uh, sojourners in this life together. And I want to pray for each other. I want us to encourage each other. And so uh, go check that out on on WordPress. Again, the link is in the bio. Genesis 15, verse 1. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Fear not, Abram, I am your shield. Your reward shall be very great. But Abram said, O Lord, what will you give me for? I continue childless, and the heir of my house is Eleazar of Damascus. And Abram said, Behold, you have given me no offspring, and a member of my household will be my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, This man shall not be your heir, your very own son shall be your heir. And he brought him outside and said, Look toward heaven and number the stars, if you are able to number them. Then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. And he believed the Lord, and he counted it to him as righteousness. And he said to him, I am the Lord who brought you out from Ur 
of the Chaldeans to give you this land to possess. But he said, O Lord, God, how am I to know that I shall possess it? He said to him, Bring me a heifer three years old, a female goat three years old, a ram three years old, and a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. And he brought him all these, cut them in half, and laid each half over against the other. But he did not cut the birds in half. And when birds of prey came down on the carcasses, Abram drove them away. Verse 12, as the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell on Abram, and behold, dreadful and great darkness fell upon him. Then the Lord said to Abram, Know for certain that your offspring will be sojourners in a land that is not theirs and will be servants there, and they will be afflicted for four hundred years. But I will bring judgment on the nation that they serve, and afterward they shall come out with a great with great possessions. Verse 15, as for you, you shall go to your fathers in peace. You shall be buried in a good old age, and they shall come back here in the fourth generation, for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. When the sun had gone down and it was dark, behold, a smoking fire pot and a flaming torch passed between these pieces. Verse 18, on that day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram, saying to your offspring, I give this land. All right, we have a lot. There are so many verses and words and uh, content in this chapter alone that we could call problem passages. And we're going to um, address them one by one. And I believe... Uh, we're going to skip over the first one until the end. And the ver the very first one is verse 6, where Abraham believed in the Lord and God counted him as righteousness. So was Abraham, is this salvation that we're seeing? Was Abraham saved at this point or is it something else? Is it something we're missing? So we're going to come back to that because that's going to take the majority. I want to knock out all the other things first. So uh, verse 8, verse 8, he said, O Lord God, how may I know that I will possess it? So listen, uh, this is a question. This is not some accusation of, of the delayed fulfillment, but it's a genuine request from Abraham to God. He's wanting just information and assurance. And so in response, we see God affirms his covenant with Abram, and it's a remarkable ceremony. I mean, this is what we're about to get into, this, the fiery pot and all this. Listen, this is the Abrahamic covenant, all right? He told him about it, and now in 15, we're actually seeing it. And we start to see it in verses 9 and 10. The sign of ancient covenants often involved the cutting in half of animals so that the pledging parties could walk between them, affirming that the same should happen to them if one of them broke the covenant. I want you to know that this is not weird to Abram. This is something that he uh, he would have seen. This is, a, this is something that would have happened. So this is very familiar to Abram. The next part, the next part, as I just said, the two parties walk between them. But verse 12, what does it say? God put Abram to sleep. Uh, 
because the covenant did not involve any promise on Abram's part. He would not walk through the pieces as a pledge. Do you understand that? Did you catch that? The two parties in a familiar ceremony of cutting the covenant, making a covenant, making a treaty with someone, two parties would walk between. But no, Abram was put to sleep and only God walked through. In verses 13 and 14, the words of God in the covenant ceremony assured Abram that his descendants would definitely be in the land. Although a painful detour, of course, into Egypt would delay the fulfillment uh, until long after his demise. And he, he, this is, think about who is pretty much the first audience of this. This is Moses and Israelites. Think about it. The first audience that Moses, Moses is teaching the word of God. Put yourself in their sandals. Think about what you're hearing. Oh, that 400 years of slavery, God told our father Abraham that that would happen. Wow. But he's also going to judge that nation, and there is possessions to have. And so the audience, the Israelite audience with Moses hearing this, this is this is powerful. So I don't want to gloss over uh, the actual covenant and the words in it. God is is prophesying, whatever you want to call it, but he's saying he knows what's going to happen. He's telling Abram, Abraham is not even going to be a part of the uh, Egyptian uh, slavery um, or the Exodus. And this is Moses and the Israelites. And so we all know that story, but man, it was it was talked about way before, way before. So think about how that audience is is hearing this as well. And so he says that in verse 13, the 400 years. Now, precisely, we're talking 430 years. This is another problem passage. Um, Exodus 12:40 says it's 430 years. But I just want you to understand when we see there, there is a running theme throughout the Bible, um, 40, 400, 40 days, 40 nights, 400 years. Um, and then we can also fast forward to... Um, Revelation, the the seven years, the thousand year reign, and it's just you know sometimes we need just need to take it as a very long time, but four hundred years, four hundred thirty years, okay. But we know that from Exodus twelve forty, Exodus twelve forty. Now the time that the sons of Israel lived in Egypt was four hundred and thirty years, and at the end of four hundred and thirty years, to the very day. All the host of the Lord went out from the land of Egypt, okay? Lastly, before we circle back around to verse 6, let's look at verse 17 in Genesis chapter 15. Verse 17, talking about the smoking oven and the flaming torch. Uh, it became very, sun had set, became very dark, and behold, there appeared smoking oven and a flaming torch with which passed through uh, the pieces. So when when we say God making a covenant with Abraham passes through, puts Abraham asleep, passes through himself, we're talking about the flaming or uh, yeah, the flaming torch, the smoking oven. So this is symbolic. This is this symbolizes the presence of the Lord 
and he he's fulfilling his promise and he's passing through the animal pieces alone now how do we know this symbolizes the lord other than the story tells us right so if you go to uh, exodus 13 21 exodus 13 21 again who is the audience who is the audience so the audience moses the 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 israelites at that time they know the lord they know who god is by him going through Exodus thirteen twenty one says the Lord was going before them in a pillar of cloud by day and led them on the way and in a pillar of fire by night to give them light that they might travel by day and night. And so these two items very much symbolize uh, the Lord. And so the, the original audience absolutely understands it. So the two powerful things before we circle around back to verse 6 is the covenant itself. Abraham is put to sleep. The two parties are supposed to walk through the blood that is on the ground and between the two animals saying, let this happen to us if we go back on our promise. But it's not us. Abraham is put to sleep. Yahweh is uh, walking through himself. And what is so powerful is Yahweh... The, the creator of everything to Abram is obligating himself. He is obligating himself uh, to fulfill this covenant and his promises. And one of those promises is the next thing we cannot gloss over is, did you notice in verse 18 where it says, to your offspring, I give this land from the, the river of Egypt and it goes to the territories. Um, so there is, there is a, there, there's like two levels here. There's two levels. It's a, it's an already, but not yet. So what, what am I talking about? Um, a lot of times in the Bible, a lot of times we see already, but not yet. And this is how most prophecies work. And so uh, all the, uh, prophecies about Jesus. There might have been something going on in that day, but and then later we can identify it as Jesus or a type of Christ. We've talked about that with Melchizedek. So let me, uh, talking about the offspring, and he says it a lot, the offspring of Abraham. So if you were like me in Sunday school growing up, you, you, you uh, sang that song, Father Abraham had many sons and many sons, had Father Abraham. That's right. And so we are children of Abraham. Now, how can we say that? How can we say that? So um, one of the first things I want to point out is, yes, we, we are the sons of Abraham. We, we are included, grafted, grafted in um, to the promise of God. That, that's why we're Christians. And we're going to look at that in detail later. But these words... When it says offspring, it's singular. So his seed. So now we're not talking specifically about Isaac. We're talking about the seed, the promise being fulfilled, uh, being Jesus, being Jesus. And so the Abrahamic covenant that was made between Abram and his seed, which is Jesus, um, this covenant is established here in Genesis 15. And the sign of the covenant is circumcision. And that will be established in Genesis 17. Going to John Walton's commentary on Genesis, uh, the ritual 
the of of dividing a series of animals in half and in some way passing between the halves is not widely attested because in Gen- Jer- in Jeremiah 34:18 a covenant ritual is re- represented by passage between the severed body of a sacrifice severed body of a sacrificial animal um walking through this sacrificial pathway can be as a symbolic action enacting the treaty as well as a curse on those who violate the promises and so this was a familiar thing to abram uh, in verse 17 a smoking fire pot and a blazing torch make their appearance the fire pot uh, as think about an oven uh, baking, including the baking of grain offerings, Leviticus 2.4. The torch can be used to provide light, but it is also used in military context or to speak of God's judgment in Zechariah 12.6. Mesopotamian rituals of this period feature a sacred torch and censer in the initiation of rites, R-I-T-E-S, rites, particularly nocturnal rites of purification. Purification is accomplished by the torch and censer being moved alongside of someone or something. While in Mesopotamia, the torch and the and the oven represented particular deities. Here, they represent Yahweh, perhaps as the purifier. This is one of the many instances where uh, the Lord uses familiar concepts, motifs, and motifs to reveal himself. And then this is very good information. Again, it's going to make sense to who? It's going to make sense to Abram, and it's going to make sense to the original audience. Um, well, let's back up as Abram tells Isaac, as Isaac tells Jacob, but the original audience, Moses presenting to the Israelites. So I Really hope that you have gotten a better understanding of Genesis 15. We talked about the uh, problem passages, and there's so many that we can get confused and uh, and not really understand in just chapter 15 alone. So we're going to keep moving forward, but I hope that this has been a blessing to you. Think of Theophany. This is the only chapter where God's communication with Abram takes place through the medium of a vision. The first topic for discussion concerns an error. It does not take a, lo- take a lot of thought to realize that all of God's promises are dependent on Abram's having a son. It was common practice in the ancient world for childless couples to adopt a son, to care for them in their old age, um, so they could care for them in their old age and receive the inheritance when they died. It appears that Eleazar currently has the role. And so we just went over that, and that's why Abraham is assuming it's going to be Eleazar because he does not have a biological son. Yahweh's response is to assure Abram that the family he has been speaking about will not simply come about through a legal transaction, that the heir will be his biological son. And at this point, there is no information given as to what Sarah's role will be. And for the first time, God shows Abram the stars and indicates that his offspring will be equally innumerable. Abram accepts this confirmation regarding family, but he still has a question. He still has questions regarding possession of the land. This becomes the topic of the second half of this chapter. Abram's belief. The verb translated believed in verse 6 is uh, a root word, a stem of a root word, 
with the proposition connecting to the object of the verb, the Lord. Now, here's where we get into what exactly he means by believed in the Lord and him counted as righteous. So, uh, Walton asked this, does the combination used in Genesis 15, 6 refer to trusting God for salvation from one's sins? And that's the question. Uh, a survey of the passages indicates that salvation from sins is never under discussion when this phrase is used. Five of the eight passages occur in the context of Israel in the desert. In four of them, the Israelites, Numbers 14, 11, Deuteronomy 132, Psalm 78:22, or their leaders, Numbers 20:12, do not believe that what God has promised. In the fourth, Exodus 14:31, the miracle of the Red Sea has persuaded them to take God at his word. And Moses, take Moses at his word. Back to Walton. None of these concerning none of these concerns trusting God are for salvation from sins. So what he is bringing up is, as I said in the beginning, this is not a salvation. Abraham believed him and God counted him as righteousness. And even when Paul uses this in Galatian, he's not, he's, he is uh, talking about faith and faith plus works. Okay. So faith, believing in someone, taking, taking God at his word, and then how Paul uses it, this is how we can get into the weeds really, really quickly. And I just want to bring this up for a discussion point. So uh, you, you all let me know what you think after you hear this. The common denominator, back to Walton, that emerges uh, from this study is, is taking God at his word, believing what he says will become reality, and then acting on that belief. So Genesis 15, 6 is saying the same thing. Abram's belief has nothing to do with salvation and nothing to do with the faith system, uh, even though we see credit to him as righteous or righteousness. The common denominator is attributing a quality or status to someone. The verse can therefore not refer to the technical imputed righteousness that modern theologians associate with justification. What's fascinating is in the um, Old Testament, in Deuteronomy 6.25, simply by observing the law, can you can be counted as righteousness. So Deuteronomy 6.25. And we know, I could we could all argue that observing the law is not... Uh, doesn't bring salvation. And even in Abraham's day, Christ has not died on the cross. And if the if we believe as Christians, the only way to salvation is through Jesus, uh, his death and resurrection, that hasn't happened yet. That hasn't happened yet. So in, in summary of Genesis 15, 6, um, recognized righteousness becomes the basis for a blessing. All right, so so I'm curious to see what you think about that. This is covenant theology. This is why we're called the sons of Abraham. I've explained this before in other podcasts. Where this is not replacement theology, which is sometimes confused to be. Um, we're not replacing Israel, but it's a covenant theology, meaning that we, and I'm saying, speaking for me as a Gentile, I'm not Jewish, so, uh, but I'm a Christian. How How is that? I'm grafted in. And I can call myself a son of Abraham in faith, right? Just like I can say just because you're Jewish doesn't mean you're a Christian. 
doesn't mean you're part of the covenant. So there was, and this is, you know, you can look in the Bible and see that there's there's the the nation of Israel. They were some that was not in the favor of God and, and some that were, and we see that. So that's all I'm saying. So covenant theology is Jew and Gentile inclusion as, uh, you know, grace alone, through faith alone, through Jesus Christ alone, all the five solas. Um, but this is covenant theology. That's why we can share in this. And so um, this is this is something I don't want you to miss. So let's go back to Genesis uh, 15.6. Read that over so we can talk about something uh, number uh, verse six. Then he believed in the Lord, and he reckoned it to him as righteousness. So, so are we saying? Are we saying that that Abraham is has received salvation? The apostle Paul quoted these words as an illustration of faith over and against works. Faith against works, right? Abram was justified by faith, but there's a bigger discussion here, um, and if you want to get the whole picture about justification by faith, but we don't want to, we don't want to jump ahead. So uh, let's take this step by step. First, we're going to go to uh, Galatians chapter three. We're going to go to Galatians chapter three and let me uh, read that for you because Paul does a great job of um, kind of uh, attending to this uh, verse for us. So, uh, but remember, he is, what's the context, right? He is um, talking to the Judaizers, the ones that are saying, you have to be circumcised. You can't just come in here, Gentile, and say you're a Christian. You got to be, uh, you got to have faith plus works. And we all know that, no, um, that's that's not it. Faith, faith alone, right? So uh, Galatians chapter three, verse one, O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? It was before your eyes that Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified. Let me ask you only this. Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law or by hearing with faith? Are you so foolish, having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? Did you suffer so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain? Verse 5 does he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you do so by works of the law or by hearing with faith? Just as Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness, know then that it is those of faith who are the sons of Abraham. And the Scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, In you shall all the nations be blessed. So then those who are of faith are blessed among with Abraham, the man of faith. That's that's powerful. Uh, verse 10, For all who rely on works of the law are under a curse, for it is written, Cursed be everyone who does not abide by all the things written in the book of the law and, and do them. And that's everybody. No one. No one can fulfill the law. Now it is evident that no one is justified before God by the law, 
for the righteous shall live by faith. But the law is not of faith. Rather, the one who does them shall live by them. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed everyone is hang on a tree, so that in Christ Jesus the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles, so that we might receive the promised Spirit through faith. Verse 15, to give a human example, brothers, even with a man-made covenant, no one annuls it or adds to it because uh, once it has been ratified. Now, the promise promises were made to Abraham and to his offspring, singular. It does not say, and to offsprings, referring to many. It does not say that, but referring to one and to your offspring, who is Christ. This is what I mean. The law, which came 430 years afterward, does not annul a covenant. Now, he's, he's talking about uh, Mosaic law, the law, the Mosaic covenant, the law. And so he's not saying, he's saying that just because the Moses' law, uh, the Mosaic law came 430 years after, does it mean um, that the Abrahamic covenant is annulled? And then also notice it says 430 years again, specifically, like it did in Exodus. And so uh, does not annul a covenant previously ratified by God so as to make the promise void. It does not do that. So verse 18, for if the inheritance comes by the law, it no longer comes by promise, but God gave it to Abraham by a promise. Why then the law? It was added because of transgressions until the offspring, singular, should come to whom the promise had been made, and it was put in place through angels by an intermediary. Now an intermediary implies more than one, but God is one. Verse 21, is the law then contrary to the promises of God? Certainly not. For if a law had been given that could give life, then righteousness would be in, would indeed be by the law. But the scripture imprisoned everything under sin, so that the promise of by the promise by faith in Christ Jesus might be given to those who believe. Now, before faith came, we were held captive under the law, in prison until the coming faith would be revealed. So then the law was our guardian until Christ came in order that we might be justified by faith. But now that faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. For in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ, there is neither Jew nor Greek nor slave nor free nor male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to promise. Bless the reading of God's word. Amen. All right, that's another one in the books. I'm so happy. It felt so good to get back in the saddle here after a break. I hope that you have been blessed through this. I, I, I'm imagining you there with your Bible out, with your 
pen and paper, you're taking notes, you're highlighting uh, in God's word and you're learning and you're growing deeper in your spiritual walk, let me pray with you. God, I pray for each and every person that is listening to my voice right now. Thank you for them. Thank you for the families they represent. I pray, God, that you give them the strength they need to continue moving forward and making disciples in your name. I pray that you give them your your peace and your 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 comfort as they move forward. God, I just pray that all of us together is able to create uh, this this book of Jude thing can just create this community all around the world of people praying and loving each other uh, for your glory so that we can, as we go out, as we go out, we can make disciples and witness towards you. We pray this in the mighty name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.